to win number 23. I'm on with my boy, Paul Benjamin. What's up, brother? What's up, Rich? Nothing so much, just... those of you that do not know Paul, I shall do a quick intro. For those of you that do, he really does need no introduction. He's been a longstanding member of my community and uh, also my business chair, a bit of a mentee, building your own YouTube channel. Um, you are the official Chad. I'm going to have to water the stand for YouTube. Cockadoodle do <laughs> is what we'll call it. Cockadoodle do. Okay. Yeah. Thunder cockadoodle do is what we'll call you. Um, we've been on many, 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 many private Zoom uh, broadcasts with the community, just kind of shooting the breeze. And uh, we've had some, I mean, we met in person last summer too down in Detroit when I was down for that rally. Um, awesome dude, military career, previously very plugged in, plebby, blue pilled beta. Today, sitting before you gentlemen, is a truly red-pilled man that is living a life that many would dream of uh, without Lambos, uh, get quick rich scheme courses, and sign up for my blah 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 So without any further ado, Paul, um, where should we start? Let's, let's kind of start with the plugged-in pleb that yeah. you were, right? Because, I mean, you've, you've come a long way today. You're, you're 42 now, right? So we're going back to your 20s now. Right. We're going back to maybe even earlier than that into the teens. Yes. I was raised by a single mommy, which is never good. And it's not that I don't love my mommy. She's great, but she's a single mom, right? It always, so this, it always comes at a price for most men. It does. It does. What was that like growing up with a single mom? Like, is it is it the standard narrative, you know, fed a steady diet of, you know, bend the knee to women and be kind, just be yourself, yes. be humble, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So my all right. So my whole thing was and this is the reason why this is an important story to tell is because when guys look at me now and I've been told this, this isn't something I just sort of think. But I'm I'm the the Chad Thunderschlagen, right? Like they think I'm just like this all the time. I showed up, I was I popped out of my mom's womb, you know, just you know, smashed. Wait a second, you didn't come out with the cigar lit and the tattoos <laughs> on your arms? No, yeah, yeah. Smoking a cigar, you know, doing squats and you know, playing with my rifle or something like at, at, at out the womb, you know. I mean, it just and then slaying women, right? They they just think I'm this this guy that is genetically naturally like this and and that there's no way they could ever be like this or live the kind of lifestyle I live. And and that's absolutely not true because when I was plugged into the and blue pilled more of a blue pilled kind of an alpha okay but I, when i was blue pilled it was misery and i was living the same life that a lot of these guys that come to your community that come to the red pill can relate to and so i'm you know a lot of guys get black pilled right away you know and they assume well i don't have this i don't have that i don't need to chase excellence i'll never be that guy so i'm gonna mm. go buy a doll or I'm going to go in monk mode for imperpetuity, you know, and they don't work on themselves and that's a mistake. So my, I had sort of a hero complex, always wanted to be a protector. I was uh, heavy into like martial arts growing up. And so I was- did you get into of, that? Was that in your teen years or? I got into it. My grand, so my, that's interesting. My grandfather was very alpha dude. He was a, good, he was a role model to me. 
he was a, a bare knuckle fighter and he won golden gloves in the thirties, the late thirties. Mm. And then he did karate and judo back when it was hard, like in the fifties, you know, and he got me involved. He, with my mom, got me involved into a, a karate school that was uh, owned by a competitive fighter. He, who was a world champion level kickboxer. They were linked up with the boxing gyms in Detroit and Pontiac. So it was, I was playing with my grandfather and, and goofing off as long as I can remember. Formal training started when I was five. I never stopped. So if you do the math, I'm 42 now. It's been it's been a, a while. Mm-hmm. And um, got into you know weapons based Filipino martial arts. Got really far in that along in that on an international level by the time I was in my 20s. And so that was a big deal for me. I, I was always this protector. I was always that type. Then having a single mom and being the oldest son, I always felt I should protect the mom. And then I, of course, need to protect the women, right? And women. there's nothing, <laughs> there is nothing worse than a white knight, blue pill alpha that can kick the crap out of you. That is the worst person. I was mm-hmm. the worst person back then. And I was not getting laid and women were not, it's not all about getting laid, but women were not attracted to me. They just were not based on that behavior, you know? And so that was the big deal. And, and the thing is is that women don't just offering they're not just not attracted to to guys with hang a sec hang a sec hang a sec i'm gonna get you to back up about 10 seconds because we lost the connection for some reason okay yeah just back up about 10 seconds in that story okay so back up 10 seconds all right so um so the thing that a lot of guys who are you know have these beta behaviors or you know people don't understand is women don't just not like they don't just they're not just not sexually attracted to the beta they despise the beta because on an evolutionary level that man is a risk so they're designed to actually hate and despise that guy who has beta behavior because they see them her hind brain as Rolla would call it sees them as a as a evolutionary risk as a survival risk and they will they don't want him to procreate. <laughs> they don't. They they want to use that guy up to spit him out, and that's what I experienced in my teen and early twenty years. I would bring girls flowers who you know Chad just left banging them out, and I'm bringing them flowers and <laughs> on a holiday, and you know I was that guy. It was. You want to hear terrible. a funny story? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so first, so first girlfriend, I cooked up this idea. I heard some BS on the radio. So this is how plugged in blue pill guys like us would have operated back in the day. Cause you're about the same age as I was. I heard some crap on the radio about when you take a girl out, you bring her this color rose at the start of the date and you give her this color rose at the end of the date. And I was thinking oh, to myself, yeah. golly gee, there's some, there's some science. Maybe I should do that. Willikers. And, uh, <laughs> I did, you know, just like a dork. Um, yeah. It did work though, strangely enough. But um, yeah, For looking you, back you at it on, <laughs> but I mean, looking <laughs> I, back on it <laughs> on hindsight, like it was, it was such a bad approach to women, sexual marketplace, and ROI on your time. Um, how old were you when you got married? You said you were in your was it 25, 26? Yeah, twenty six. I got married at twenty six, and so how did that happen? I, Why did you decide to do that? All right, so I finally went into a nerd zero sex rage somewhere around after I finally got laid at 19. I didn't get I didn't have sex for the first time until I was 19 years old. Me and too. it wasn't for okay. lack of Don't trying. Worry about it. Yeah, I tried to. 
Don't worry. <laughs> it wasn't for lack of trying. Fist bump that <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, it was, it was terrible. And then, of course, I meet with, like, the town heroines. You know what I mean? And so yeah. now I, I start banging, and that's all she's about. So I'm like, in me, I'm I'm all about, like, figuring things out. And, and I, so, so I'm like, tantric sex. What's this about? Like, I'm, like, reading stuff to figure out how to bang this girl so she doesn't leave me because that's she's like has a problem right and so i keep her around for a couple of months but just like any woman who can't pair bond they're eventually going to cheat and and that's who she was and so she uh she 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 nailed down two of my friends at a party yeah <laughs> so that was my same night first my same little, night uh, no, no to no. your friends I was, I was with her for like a couple of months and kept her kept her happy and then i got i had exam week so I couldn't, I was like, I got to stud. I told her, I got, I got, I told her to get lost. I had exam week. It's really what happened. And, uh, and so she goes to a party all BPD distraught <laughs> because I told her to get lost for a week. Oh my it's, God. You abandoned a, her. Yeah. I abandoned her. And so she, uh, poor girl had to get trashed and try all her holes out on two of my friends. So okay. I say friends loosely. And yeah. um uh, um yeah we can we, we'll keep it clean and disgusting it clean. at the yeah. same time right yeah. <laughs> but uh but so yeah um it, it's that was my experience and then I still had this thing where I'd crush on a girl and it was bad but, but I turned it around because I, I was I was the friend zone guy right and I was the emotional tampon because I had good social skills I was a good listener and I became the emotional tampon and I finally had that observation that red pill figured out way later which is just a, a woman's strategy to use men as resources, whether it's emotional resources, labor, or, or you know, physical resources, money. And so I was the emotional resources guy because I had this alpha kind of behavior. I was this protector and they could confide in me and all this stuff. And I finally realized, wait a second, all these girls that I'm interested in have several guys that are their male orbiters, right? that are all supplying needs to them. And all those guys want to have sex with her, but she's not going to have sex with any of those guys. She's using them. She knows what's happening, using them as a resource. And then she has some guy over here that does none of the things that any of these guys are doing. And she, that's the guy she, she sees for sex. I didn't know that alpha. that was alpha seed beta need at the time, though. Didn't know that at the time, but I finally went way to second here. So these guys that do nothing get to have the sexual connection. And if they wanted to pursue something more, all the, the change the tire guy, the take you out to dinner guy, the talk mm -hmm. to you on the phone guy, you know, all of these other guys were never going to be that. And I finally got pissed and said, you know what? I'm not doing it anymore. I'm just going to say, I'm not going to be friends with girls unless I want to be platonic with them. If mm -hmm. I'm interested in sex and pursuing something else, then they don't get any of my time or my resources or my energy. And I didn't know anything about game, but it just made that decision out of just being finally tired of it. And then all of a sudden I was spinning plates in my did you ever, 20s. Sorry to interrupt, but did you ever read oh. the Chateau Hartis uh, entry, Be a Skittles Man? Um, yes. Yes. Okay, so it's, I'm uh, going to post it here. I don't want you guys to read it right now, but just so it's a placeholder, uh, just pop it up in a new browser and read it afterwards. But basically what Paul's talking about was he was not the Skittles guy, but he saw the Skittles guy. 
Yeah. Yeah. And just to, just to sum it up, what the Skittles, Skittles guy was, was in this article was the guy that just brought along a pack of Skittles, but he got all the intimacy and everybody else was doing everything else beyond a pack of Skittles and got nothing. But yeah, just yeah. read the story. It's, it's, it basically sums humorous. up perfectly. Very humorous. <laughs> yes. And the thing was, I had a really diverse friend group. Um, and since, hey, since race is a hot topic now, a very multiracial friend group. And it was interesting, like a lot of my black friends, they just grew up with a more dominant alpha behavior than some of some of my white friends. And they were just killing it with women, right? And they were act they would act like a-holes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they would just kill it. And they were very direct, not even discreet about it. And they would just and and I always thought, well, they can get away with that because they're my black friends. It's a it's a black thing. They can get away. And 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 you know, and my black friends would probably be like, hey. You know, they call me Pete, right? Hey, Pete, don't do not do that, man. Don't act like that, you know? Tell her, get the, tell her, get the hell out of here, whatever. You know what I mean? And they were using using other colorful language, but you know what I mean? Mm. Tell, tell her, bring her ass over here, you know? Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't tell her to bring my ass over here. I'm a white guy. That doesn't work for me. Wrong, okay? You don't want to culturally act like someone else, but being direct and dominant is, is very effective. And so I started, they even had me reading, I even read Iceberg Slim, Okay, the old, if you've ever heard about that guy, that he was a, he was a pimp. So was that a rapper? His, no, but a lot of rappers. So back in the day, a guy named Ice-T, yeah. right, was a rapper, right? Yeah. Um, so he had so, his so albums yeah. out, and he, he referenced Iceberg Slim as like okay. a role model for his pimping days. And so he was a, he chronicled his pimping days. And it was all like in the 1930s, 40s, 50s. And I always looked at that like, well, these women are hoes, and that's why the stuff works. No, the no, other girls this is this who, is YouTube. We have to use garden tools. Oh God. Okay, I'm sorry. I hope this is not gonna. I try not to get you demonetized. I'm like the worst. I'm working on this. Okay, the garden tool. We'll get they you there because I mean, you got to build your own channel without getting it. I know. You know shut down, I know. Right? This is why my, some of my videos do get shut down because of this. But yeah, so garden tools. And the nice girls, the good girls would never be like that or respond to that. Now, there may be a cultural difference and it may be more extreme with the actual garden tools that are selling their body. But the reality is they're the same when it comes to they're all garden tools in their hindbrain. Mm -hmm. Their sexual decisions that they're making are driven by a primal centers in their instincts and they're part of their instincts. And they're all garden tools that she may be a smart well put together woman as a human being but her decisions are not being driven by that part of her brain and so i started to experience this and started spinning plates and i started to do pretty well and started to understand things but i still had the blue pill mindset when it came to relationships so here comes a high value woman you know who oh, you is, found a unicorn I found a unicorn. Oh. She was oh, here. We go, guys. Oh, she was amazing. Paul found and, the one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and she, <laughs> I found the one. The one. And so, she, oh goody, tell she, us all about the one. Oh, and she was four years older than me. Oh, even and, better. Um, yeah, and so she was in her more towards her late twenties. I didn't understand what the epiphany stage was, yeah. and that I was the contextual alpha for her as how I behaved, act, and then my, my dominance and stuff as, as how I just how, how it was, right? 
I didn't understand that. I thought she was better than I was because she was older. And in my mind, well, she could just be dating attorneys with more money than me. I was just getting started. I hadn't joined the military yet because I couldn't get in after high school because I had psoriasis and it was disqualifying at the time. So that was my big plan. I always mm. had, I thought I would go, you know, Ranger, special forces, whatever. And I, and I, I was like, oh, I can't. So then I went to college, right? And I was told by my, I was always instilled in my, by my single mommy that I had to be the nice guy. Cause she, my, my mom, God bless her, did not make the best decisions when it came to surprise when it came to men. Right. And so she was attracted to the alpha, just like they all are and despised the beta and she would get hurt and banged up emotionally by the alpha. And so she just wanted to raise her boy to not be someone who would hurt other women. So I was told of course, to be the nice guy, to bring her flowers guy, to placate to her, to qualify to her, to earn her, to chase her, all the things that violate her hypergamous brain and send a message that I am lower value, which is why these women were not attracted or aroused by me. It, it, when in my younger days before I started figuring it out and finally set my standards, it would be an on running, running joke because I was one of the better looking of my friends. A girl would be interested in me and they'd be like, watch, give him like 10 minutes. He'll be in the friend zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I would just qualify to her and ask her, and wow, you're so, you're so smart. And like, you know, like I was just such a dork. And, and then here I am, this, this guy who can like beat up all my friends acting like a dork in front of this woman. So now it's not even congruent. You know what I mean? So I don't even trust my niceness either. Like I, I'm not this harmless, nice guy. It was a mess. And, um, but yeah, so then figured it out, got married, and fell right back into that blue pill mindset of relationship. And it was a lot of it was religious driven, you know, driven by Christianity. Um, nothing wrong with Christians out there, but there is something wrong with how the church handles the sexual marketplace and sexual dynamics. The, was, the your, church is, was your household growing up very religious? Like, did your mom take you to church or? Yeah, so I wouldn't say very. I would say because there was a, so that's another thing. There was a, there was a lot of I had a father around for a while, mm -hmm. and I eject him from the home. He was it was a very abusive situation in my household. So I grew up with a lot of abuse, mm -hmm. which actually helped me later in terms of being able to compartmentalize combat stress and stuff like that. I mean, I was almost built to handle you know what I mean um, violent scenarios uh, when I. I worked in a lot of uh, security, terrible bars that get shot up type places as, you know, just bouncing all that kind of stuff uh, later in my twenties, prior to my marriage. That's how I got a lot of girls in the back mm -hmm. then, you know? Um, but I, I can handle those scenarios. I mean, good in the military, but obviously not so good. And that's not how every kid turns out. And, um, but, but anyway, um, I forgot what the question was, but <laughs> yeah, we're talking about if your household was religious, did you have any siblings by yeah, the way, yeah. or was it just I you? Two two little brothers. Yeah. Um, so they're not on the path that I'm on exactly. So we'll just put it like that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just curious. What do you like? Cause I mean, you guys are really going to see why we call him Chad thunder cockadoodle dude by the end of this broadcast. But how do they view like the videos that you make and the conversations that you have? Like, are they like, Oh, you're a misogynist or you hate women? Like, what do they say to you? Um, not much. 
they don't say much about it. They always considered me a little bit crazy anyway, mm-hmm. because I was this, I was the, the tough, tough guy, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we all get beat up at one point. Right. So it's not really all the time, but I was, mm-hmm. uh, known as this, they just figured I was just a little bit crazy. I was okay. a crazy guy who would go do, you know, stuff and go do combat stuff overseas, you know? And so they just figured, Ooh, okay. Um, there was the little bit judgy, uh, when the marriage first broke up, but mm-hmm. I think I think my my one brother does watch and listen and kind of learn from my videos and what I'm talking about, but mm-hmm. he's in a very plugged in marriage right now. You okay. know what I mean? And so right. he's got to come to terms with that and figure it out. You know, I'm here for him if he wants me to help him. I've already yeah. helped him in a few things with that. But no, I'm curious because I mean, I get yeah. I get a bit of the same with my brothers too because I got two younger brothers and it's like I think my youngest one gets it like he kind of nods when i talk about stuff now my middle brother not so much um but my youngest one it's like dude man sometimes i have conversations i'm like dude if you ever bring a single mother to thanksgiving with three kids in tow we're going to be having some serious problems bro (laughs) but um anyway so talk about your um Talk about your one-itis, your one, your unicorn, the woman that you married first. Yeah. So, so yeah, spinning the plates, but none of them were as typical relationship material. But I was, when you, when you are the alpha slay guy, okay, the alpha seed guy, Mm. um, you find out women's primal nature and what it's like. And you, if you're still blue pilled, kind of like a blue pilled alpha, still plugged in, you, you judge them on it. You think, oh, well, she's not a good woman. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's certainly characteristics we look for, like in your red flags chapters and the book that's going to come out. Very, it's going to be very valuable. We need to pay attention to red flags. They need to, we need to pay attention to the values. Get on the list, guys. Yeah, Make sure you grab get that. It. It's also get pinned it. in the top comment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's valuable. It's valuable. And it's valuable to understand their values, but... It's again, it's accepting the fact when you're, when you're red pilled and you're alpha, you accept women for who they are. You're not hoping, hoping this one's different. They all have these drivers. It's how they handle the drivers that make them, let's say LTR material or not. Right. But in my head, I was dating these women and they were exposing themselves in their sexual nature and their drives, which is very savage and not what the blue pilled world thinks. And so I would discount these women as not being good girls. So I would just sort of bang them, but I wouldn't take it anywhere. And then I met the one-itis who was a good girl. And actually, she is, you know, has great values and has a lot of good things going for her. So not to take that away from her, she does. But a lot of things that I didn't understand that I was the higher value person, even though I was younger, and even though I was still getting my, my financial feet out from under me i was always i was looking at the beta characteristics that women choose men for for settling down i was looking at so, you know question yeah what what made you higher value than her because you were 26 she was epiphany 30. um we already know that women don't, don't typically marry down they only marry across and up on the socioeconomic scale or the sexual marketplace if you will so what made your value higher than hers yeah, so my my well, we were um, making about the same money. I was probably making a little more than she was, mm-hmm. but my economic potential was much higher. So right. I was just getting started entry level, making about the same as she was, and I had the potential to exceed that. Where in her field, she really didn't have that potential. Not to mention, so 
when you're the alpha seed guy, and this is what I found later, the economics don't matter as much as people think. Mm. Now, I'm not suggesting that you don't chase excellence because as a man, you should for you not to get women. And if you're financially stable, we understand, and you're financially well off, we understand your your life is just better. You know what I mean? Mm. And your choices are going to be better. But when women are choosing you out of genuine desire and your alpha frame, <laughs> if their desire is high enough, they abandon that stuff. And mm. we see this. Of course, a lot of the women might not be high SMB or they're or they're dysfunctional, but we see this when women go for guys who are dirtbags. Women mm. go for guys who are in jail. There's something about that guy. And what it is is his alpha leadership and his alpha frame. And so I had a very dominant frame and she fell right into that, you know. Um, but my blue-pilled model of how relationships should go where a man placates to a woman serves a woman enters her frame tries to fulfill her goals dreams and imperatives all of those things that we think when you're a religious guy the dutiful husband's supposed to make his woman happy and make sure she has everything she ever asked for and you know she wants the house the, this particular house you get her that house because you know you're a dutiful husband and this is what 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 men do you know it's the tradcon model Right. Yep. And so I had that. But what happens is you're supplicating yourself to a woman that's it, it, with hypergamy that never works. They will always become unexcited, unattracted to you, and they will not trust your frame. When you supplicate yourself to a woman, she sees you. So I'm here. She's here. She looks up to me, very attracted, aroused by me as the commitment starts to happen and continue. And I start making all of those concessions, right? And I start doing everything to serve her. Did I'm you go through betaization by a thousand concessions? Yes, but I did it to myself. Most guys yeah. do it to themselves. Yeah. You true. know, and, and I, I said, no, I got to take care of this and do these things for her. And now, I'm not suggesting in LTR you don't do things for a woman, but it's different. What you're providing for her and what you do for her is is different than what a, a beta guy does right and so i was um placating to her and trying to serve all of her needs i was be i made myself her beta slave even though she saw me as different than that what what do you think happened she got ungrateful she got you know um critical nagging she did not trust my frame as a man so she got controlling because a woman wants you to be better than her and to lead, and she's designed to serve you. This is how they're biologically designed. Was that I, was that like from the get go, or did that take a few years to happen for you? It, it took some time, you know, because but but I mean, it started to ha happen rather quickly <clears throat> because I saw she was a good girl, right? Yeah. Which is blue pill paradigm, and I said she she pulled the thing where. She was like, well, I, I don't date around, um, so I'm either with a guy or I'm not. She pulled that thing very Anymore early. is what you always add to that when they tell you of that. Of course. And I, you know, I, she would have she would have stuck with me if I said, yeah, well, you know, I don't just jump into a commitment and, you know, I protect my commitment. I'm serious about who I get in a commitment with. So we're not just going to do that right away. We're going to see each other and see how things go. And if I didn't commit to her, she still would have seen me. Hmm. But in my head, I went, oh, no, this is a high-value woman who's a good girl. 
I need to do the right thing that's going to make me happy according to my Tradcon values and my blue pill values and wife her up. And so we were living together eight months into it. And she pressured that thing to happen. And for the rest of the relationship, she drove the relationship by pressuring the next step. And I allowed her to do it because I was weak in relationships. and I didn't have that knowledge. And so I found myself in a sexless, loveless marriage. When did it turn sexless? Like how quickly? I would say after the marriage, probably about a year into it, probably after a year. Sexless, you know, defined as like starfish sex once a month or once every three or six months or on your birthday. So, yeah. So it, it, um, it started out, it, it was, it lowered itself to about once a month. And then from there, it just, it was sparse, even more sparse than mm. after a while. And so then, then a few years after the marriage, I joined the military. So <laughs> one of my buddies who was uh, from a registered unit that uh, was very elite at the time called Lurse, uh, was, uh, it was a specialized infantry unit. He had uh, become a recruiter. He called me up and he said, hey, I got a guy who can waver your psoriasis. I was miserable. I was ready to put a pistol in my mouth. I'm not getting any sex and, and and I was doing I was playing it safe. I was playing not to lose. I was in investments at the time, worked for an investment bank during during the crash actually after 2002 and then after that I was managing I was a middle level manager somewhere and I wasn't I was making average money. I was allowing her to drive the spending, which means we're in debt now. Okay, so women like to make you a a a debt slave so you keep working and never leave the relationship out of duty. So she was always insecure because of how I looked and how some of my alpha behaviors and, you know, being in shape. Cause I was in, I let myself get out of shape for a period, but for the most part, it was pretty good shape. And, and so she always felt insecure about that. When a woman, even though I wasn't alpha to, towards her, when she's insecure, she wants to keep you a prisoner. This is why they dress you stupid. Like in marriages or <laughs> like wear this ugly ass sweater. Like, wear this for the family pictures, you know? And you're like, okay, honey, I'll put this dumb-looking outfit on and look <laughs> like a total simp and it'd be completely unattractive to every younger, hotter woman out there. They yeah. do that because they are they have a fear you're going to go somewhere. And then once you cave into all that, they go, they question what they did. Oh, man, I guess he wasn't that alpha guy I thought. No. Oh, I, I guess he wasn't. And, so and women that's, don't that's, know that they're doing this. I mean, they do it completely. No, they don't inadvertently it's it's a subconscious behavior to beta ties you they just they just do it i mean sure anyway that's a totally different broadcast okay so you're in a sexist marriage you join the military join the military and then i would come home and she 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 was very emotionally drawn to me despite everything it's just that she just had a lot of hang-ups with this stuff and she's had some she had some hang-ups i won't get into because i honestly we have a great which is not normal but her and I have an awesome relationship now and we co-parent my adopted son and it's, we have a great relationship. Mm. The reason we have a great relationship is because she's in my frame, even though we're not married. And Did you adopt him right away or was it several years in the marriage? Several years later, that was one of those pushes. I'm Towards very happy with the, mm-hmm, I'm very yeah. happy with the decision. What ha- So what happened was I would go off to training, came back and I just kept volunteering to deploy because I hated my life at home. I'm like, well, <laughs> so I'm like, so you went to go fat, fight bad guys and dodge bullets. Cause that was better than being married. 
100%. I come home and I come home to a trashed house. She's hoarding stuff. She had animals everywhere. She's turning into the cat lady. She oh, was fuck. getting out of shape because she was actually really attractive. And then mm-hmm. she started getting out of shape. And I'm like, I come home and I'd see a mess and a disaster and come home to a bad attitude and everything. And I'd be like, uh, well, I guess they called me to go back to Iraq again. You know, <laughs> so, oh, I guess I got to go to this training. And I just kept leaving. I'm not getting sex anyways. I might as well mm. not get sex on a deployment. At least I can shoot somebody over it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so I, uh, I just kept doing that until finally, after doing a stint um, where I was active at Fort Bragg for a couple of years, we're geographically separated. Um, I came home off active, uh, was going to join the guard and get into business. And I, I had opportunity to go to uh, an invite to go to CAG Delta Force. Um, if just some might know what that is. Um, talked to the recruiters, everything. I decided to not continue on that route because I had a son. So I adopted the son towards the end. And now I have the son, but I'm now leaving geographically separated. So I decided that I did. I, I really like being a dad uh, to my son, and I, I didn't want to, you know, go go too much more into that lifestyle. I also wanted to start a business, be an entrepreneur, make a dent in the world that way. And and so it was time to back off. And so I went National Guard route and came home. And now I'm home, and I can't kick the can down the road anymore. I have to deal with this relationship. And so. That turned into like, oh man, this is going to disclose some stuff here. <laughs> I'm like, gonna get yelled at in trouble. That's okay. We're gonna do it though. Okay, so that turned into, um, you know what? Like, we're, we're, there's no sex happening. There's just very a lot of tension when I'm home. She said, you know what? Why don't you go get your needs met somewhere else? Okay, so I was at Fort Bragg with uh, SWIC, attached 20th Group, Special Forces training, all this stuff where you're like the star college players in, in a college town. Women are throwing themselves at you. Mm-hmm. And I'm having to leave early, turn stuff down, because it is a cheating risk, and I'm trying not to cheat. And I'm still miserable. I want to cheat real bad because everything sucks, right? She's already told you to cheat, though. Like, yeah, she, This is prior to. So I came home. Okay. Now she tells me, basically, go cheat. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was kind of a... Uh, 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 a, a test, right? Mm. Um, but um, I failed or passed, depending on how you look at it. Because then I had a 22 year old girlfriend two days later. So mm. at the time, I was getting my license in real estate. That was the business I was going to start. There was this hot girl at the the place I was doing my courses at, and I just took her out. I said, "All right, so just so you know, I'm married, um, but apparently." I'm banging other people. So congratulations, you're here with me at lunch. And we're gonna see what, what we're gonna do about that. And she just goes, Okay, that's that's kind of hot. So then that turned into of course. Yeah, of course. And so I just went, I was too like direct, you know. I was just moat, I didn't know any I was just an inf- infantry background guy with yeah. some specialized training. So I'm just like, well want to bang like that was my game right it was straight mode one she's like yes i do <laughs> okay cool and so then that turned into a a thing and she ended up she was kind of a narcissistic person and of course i still had relationship uh mindset there so mm. i wasn't spinning plates i was just with this one girl and so she was 
she was narcissistic. Did you, right? did you, did you declare to your wife at the time that you were like banging this 22 year old or was it just like, you know, don't tell me about it. Just go get your needs met somewhere else. It was that. It was okay. don't tell me about getting your needs met. And so then I'm just smashing this person and, and living now this like double life, you know, in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started figuring out more about game and started researching pickup and I started researching, um, evolutionary psych at that point. This is way this back. Point? This is uh 2013, 2014. Okay. 20, you know, so yeah. it was, it was about, you know, I, I even would got, got on, I was embarrassed. So I didn't want to tell people that I didn't know this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was embarrassed about it. So I kept, I, I even was at the SOSWA forum as one of them mm -hmm. and reading people's stuff as an anonymous person. Mm -hmm. I never posted. Okay. And so I, I didn't know who these, the, the names were in the, in the, these spheres, but I started, I was more interested in the pickup and the behavior, you know, and I found that when I did behavior, because she was, she was, she was a narcissist. So she responded to primal drives in a sense. This was so the young one that was your side check. Yeah. So with her, it was like a big learning experience. When I would mm -hmm. do the behavior that would communicate high value alpha behavior, um, alpha seed behavior uh, to her hindbrain, she would gravitate towards me, could not help it. No matter what her state was, no matter like how mad she, she couldn't help it. And yeah. then when I did the wrong things, the beta type stuff, she would drift away. Mm -hmm. So it was like a really interesting vignette because she didn't have the forebrain that a normal person does as a narcissist. She doesn't have an ability to bond in an emotional human sense. She is just responding to her instincts. I don't recommend this route for anybody, by the way, um, because these women are very toxic, but I did this for like four or five months with her. Um, and then after her, you know, I, I, I tried to, uh, so this is, this is crazy. This is important, probably. I just I hope my my ex will forgive me for telling the story, but she'll have to get over it. She'll be fine. So I'm a terrible person. So she she uh, goes, you know, um, tells me at one point that she wants to um, me to uh, stop what I'm doing. What she goes, whatever you're doing, stop what you're doing, and let's uh, let's work on the marriage. I want to work on the marriage because she knew I was doing uh, doing other stuff, right? Me being beta still, having beta tendencies, but getting better, I went, okay. And then I, I so I agreed, and then I didn't do any of it. <laughs> I kept seeing the other girl. I'm like, ah, you know, so now <laughs> like I'm really screwed. And then and then and then I was hiding it now, like more so. And it was escalating. So she um calls my phone it was one night i was going to try to break up with this narcissistic chick okay and then that that try to break up that landed us in the hotel room all right mm -hmm. and so i am having um i'm ravaging her in the most violent animalistic fashion you can imagine this is important for the story and then i look at my phone after i take a break 35 minutes or so in Okay, to get some water, I see my phone and I see a ton of missed calls from my now ex-wife, right? And so I went, uh-oh, something wrong at the house. What's going on? I thought something was wrong at the house. She had called when we were ripping each other's clothes off, the phone butt dialed. She okay. listened to me ravage this person Shared the whole thing. for 11 minutes before she okay. hung up and then tried to call. Okay. 
She sat there for 11 minutes. This is a dread lesson for you guys who are listening. What do you think happened? Uh, so I went, I went, oh crap. Like she found, she found out, uh, I need to go, I need to go sort this out. So then I leave the chick. She's like, you're leaving me. I'm like, yeah, I'm leaving you. I gotta go sort this out. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you later. Mm. You know what I mean? I was supposed to leave you anyways. How do we end up here? All mm. right, so <laughs> I, I race home and I'm like, I, I'll tell you whatever. Right. And so what do you think happened two days later? She's probably you know, crazy for friend. you. Mm-hmm. The sexless person, we had not had any kind of sexual contact for seven months at that point. Seven months, nothing. And I was getting my needs met outside of the relationship. Um, and then at that point, that, that she listened to me with another person. Mm-hmm. And, and, she, and, and then she goes, I don't know what got into me. Don't think you could do this to to get me to want to be with you, like to me want to have sex with you, but I don't know what got into me. She didn't know what got into her. So this is a dread lesson for what we're going to get into. Competition anxiety. Exactly. And why polygamy, which is male-driven polyamorous relationships, is an instinctual habit for women. I figured this this out. Not straight polyamory necessarily, but male-driven where you have an alpha male who has several. Well, poly is a mating strategy for betas. We already know that, right? We know that. Correct. And so, and so the reason to break the de- down, down, just so guys will understand why straight poly, where she's, she's banging other guys on the side, you're banging other women on the side. That's a losing proposition for a number of reasons for men. But the reason is because how women sexually select, they want to be with the guy that they see as their sexual best, right? As their, their best genetic option. That's who they want to have sex with. That's who they right. desire. And in terms of how men would like to be loved, which is respect and honored and odd. That can only happen if she sees the guy as her best. So this is the whole idea of being alpha widowed is that somebody else was her best prior to, and now you're not it. And so she's not satisfied. So if she chooses to sleep with another dude, it's not because you pressured her or some weird thing that guys do in poly things, right? She chooses, that means she is saying, her hypergamous brain saying, this guy has something better than what I have at home. She no longer, whether she did before or not, she no, when she makes that decision, no longer sees you as her best. Now you're trying to build a life and a commitment with somebody who does not see you as the genetic best alpha. Mm-hmm. We know that doesn't work, right? We mm-hmm. know that leads to them becoming ungrateful, indignant, unsatisfied, bored, all of those things. And so then what happens? They accelerate their sexual behavior with other men. It's a losing proposition. It's where a guy gets cucked and has to sit there with a dumb look on his face and a smile and try to pretend like he's woke. Did, all right? did your, did your um, ex-wife or, or sorry, your wife at the time know who the Twinkie was? Like, did she know that she was this 22 year old younger hotter she has stalked it eventually okay so she some did some stalking out. yeah okay yeah. all right and so and so so after that we tried to work on it and then decided it didn't work but she, there, the sex was there and the sex was there all the time 100 percent. i now was running things in a more dominant alpha fashion and all of the desire was there and she saw me as, and I don't recommend that guys do this as a route to get their wives to, to, to be with them. I haven't, all right, to plug it, I do have an email list when guys hopefully will subscribe to my channel 
they get into my video, they subscribe to my email list because I have a report that's going out how to get your wife to start banging you again. It's a two part, part one's out. It'll get out when guys log in and you know, it'll get out to that. Yeah, and part guys, I'll drop Paul's uh, YouTube channel in the chat before we wrap up the broadcast. So don't worry, you know, we'll get you all that stuff. Yeah, because it's it's there's a certain way to approach this and that way was an accident and it just kind of worked. That won't always work. A lot of times mm -hmm. it won't. But um, but yeah, so she, her sexual desire was there and I don't think it actually ever ever left. But now we have a good relationship. There's a lot of hurt involved in that and, you know, and stuff, obviously, for, for her. But we're over that now. It's been years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but so after the marriage was done with, after I was like, it, it was tumultuous. I basically took a bag and left. And so I was kind of like a homeless gigolo for like a couple of months. I didn't have, I had too much pride to say to one of my friends, hey, I need a place to stay. I'll, I'll pay you rent when I, once, when a deal closes here in, in, in a, mm -hmm. about a month. Right? I think that this I was, is like close to the entry point when I first met you in the community, right? Like I remember you almost it, like living out your car around that point. No, 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 no. It was after. It was after that okay. that I came to you. Yep. I um I, I came to you. I want to say 2016. So it was 2017. I want to say I came to the community okay. like two or three years ago. I, I started watching you when you uh just because you were this cool dude with sweet cars and I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had no idea about red pill stuff. But then that one video where you're like, I'm red pill. I'm like, what's red pill? <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I didn't even know at that time what I was talking about. Yeah. Oh, now course. I do. You know, you're new to it. And so was yeah. I like in terms of what red pill, I hadn't read like any of Rolo's work yet. I, I got roll. I got turned on to Rolo's work uh, through you. In fact, mm. I had no idea. So I figured out a lot of pickup stuff and I had been studying evolutionary psych mostly through studies, a book, there was a, a book, uh, titled why women, uh, why do women have sex? That was the yeah. title of it. And, and so I read that one. There's a number of them that I was trying to dissect this stuff and figure it out because I realized I didn't know anything. Mm. And so I became like, and this is why people are like, I, I mean, again, it's, it's your alpha frame and your game is the best thing you got going for you. Um, as well as, of course, your self-care and stuff is important. Status, money, it all, it's all important. But your game and your alpha frame is the best thing you can bring to the table because it's something you can really work on and get a good return on that investment. And it'll help you in every part of life, even in building your business, right? Um, because, but yeah, I was too embarrassed to go to one of my guy friends, tell him I didn't have a place to live. I had all these girls that were, I was more or less spitting. Mm -hmm. And so I was living like at different girls houses and they knew that there was no commitment and I was just begging them and they were, you know, <laughs> and they were hot girls. It was not like they were ugly women. They were, mm -hmm. they were, they were good looking women. They just, they would, you know, in their, in anywhere from their twenties to in their thirties, some, some, you know, you know, whatever. And so I didn't like that lifestyle, but I, you learn a lot, you know, and some of these women had boyfriends, husbands, even that were out of town, different stuff. And, I'm not proud of that, but you learn a lot for how women are. Yeah. And so did, um, did uh, she have anybody on the side, like a Jody, when you were all out deployed, like she was no. totally faithful stay at, okay. Totally faithful. So yeah. she never, so, so she went more, listen, a lot of women do this. Uh, they go asexual, you know? So she went more asexual, you mm. know what I mean? Where there was no desire, nothing happening. Um, there, there were some, a lot of things there and I don't want to get too much into her stuff, but mm -hmm. you know, as to why that was, but, um, 
but yeah, so then I just started, I started spinning plates and, um, unfortunately I had a flavor for toxic though. So that was my, that's when I came to you. I had a flavor that's, for toxic. I would have, that's almost why everybody finds me. It's like, why do I keep picking these crazy women that destroy my life? Wait, who's exactly. this guy, Richard Cooper? What's he talking about? This kind of makes sense. Let me learn here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I actually I came to your community for for more or less the entrepreneurship advice. It, it's a, such a great community of men. I'm gonna plug it not because I'm shilling it, but because I believe in it. You know, mm. I've been a part of it now for a few years, and it's it's been immensely helpful to me and cha- life changing for me to level up how I live my life. Thank because here's that. the yeah, no problem. Because here's the the thing that I had I. Had, I've become so focused on women. I made the PUA mistake, mm. which I wasn't focused on other things. I was mostly focused on women. And I found myself able to game these women, get them to do what I wanted with no money in the bank, nothing going for me yeah. other than a gym membership. That's yeah. not exactly good because now you're most guys are motivated to be successful because they need to solve a reproductive problem. Well, I was solving it like tenfold without any success whatsoever and so i was this i'll read know, at the time um so i was in my late 30s yeah know, my, my yeah. mid to late 30s yeah and so i was solving my reproductive problem without having to be successful so even though i had goals like there were years in real estate i didn't do so well because i was too busy spinning plates and screwing around mm-hmm. you know and and it was not good didn't make me a good dad didn't make me a good person actually. And I wasn't making my debt in the universe. I was doing was banging women like mm. stupid. Right. And, and so, and so, but the, the upside is I got to learn a lot and, and, and my game is just 10th level now. And I can impart that to men. The reason that's important is because if you can solve your reproductive problem, then you don't have to focus on it, you know? So guys get focused on the reproductive problem or they try, I'm going to go monk mode and then they're frustrated Men need to have this problem solved in a healthy manner, which means being with women, not mm. being with dolls, not abstaining and trying to go no fap and then losing their mind after a month and mm. trying to say how much energy they have or whatever BS. Okay. <laughs> like, not all right. You know, getting real women and having healthy, good relationships and connections. With genuine women, burning desire. Yeah. Whether, yeah. yeah, there's nothing like having genuine burning. Desire. How many times have I posted that video to somebody's problem, the community, when they're like, this is my problem. It's like, okay, watch genuine burning desire. It's huge, right. huge part of it all. It's, it's in, in a lot of guys, most guys in the world will never know what that feels like. Yeah. When you have, when you solve that problem, you have genuine burning desire. You, it, it, it levels you up as a man and you just don't have to worry about it. So like my version of pickup now that I teach will eventually have a course for is just to do it throughout the course of your normal interaction in your day. I, I, when I, when I was, when I spin plates, I don't have to, I'm not discounting the online aspect of it because the online could be very good. Um, You know, like things like that pandemic pickup course looks like it's awesome. They run it like a sales funnel and these are, these are good things. Okay. But I never, I only did it to learn how (laughs) just so learn. I had too many plates. I was mm-hmm. discounting plates because I would just go to a place like a lounge or a coffee place or whatever to do work. I would do work in real estate and do my, and I would go someplace public and I would have something set up for next week. Mm-hmm. And it was just, just like clockwork. And so I would spend, my average was dating about three women 
you know, in a non-committed, when I'm not committed, mm-hmm. I was dating about three women. When I got to about five, that was like too, a little bit too much. Did you, know, you untie the knot at this point or were you still married? Yeah. So untie the knot. That was over with. We Divorce, made the decision yeah. to, to break clean. That was fine. And that was a very healthy, because I had gotten my frame back. I got, yeah. that's another thing. When you have alpha frame, she, she, she will trust you again even if their relationship's breaking up. If she's not BPD toxic or having a lot of mental problems, which she does not, okay? She just, we just had issues in the relationship. Um, her, her focus was on the kid. Her focus was not, she didn't want to be zeroed out, which is understandable. And we just worked it, worked things out and we work things out to this day. It's actually very non-toxic. I mean, it's to a point where, so my LTR, her, my son, we're, we're probably going to go to on vacation somewhere um, like when Disney opens up and stuff later, you know, like that's not an issue. You know what you, I mean? You, we can you go- got into a, another long-term relationship after the marriage. I think that's around the time that I first started that to really get my, to know yes. you. Yes. That was my flavor for toxic women. Okay. okay so she Talk was, about that. Uh, yeah. So she was, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. It's embarrassing to say I knew all the stuff. I had all the selection in the world. What did yeah. I pick? BPD. <laughs> so I think I, that we were talking about that last year in Detroit, right? When we were in that lounge, mm-hmm. you were talking about yes. almost. I mean, it 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 sounded like you had one itis for that chick. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, well, like you weren't I'm, ready to let it go. No, at the time, the breakup was very fresh. At the time, yeah. and I was spinning plates at the time. I immediately started dating, but yeah, I still had. Um, you know, I, I still had, uh, you know, emotions for this person mm-hmm. because, and so, so BPD is interesting. I talk about BPD on my channel a bit. I need mm-hmm. to create some lists so that people can find the videos easier. And I'll, I'll work on that. Um, because BPD is an actual diagnosis. We kind of use it as slang in the red pill. Like any, any woman that's toxic, she's got BPD, but it's an actual yeah. diagnosis. There's nine characteristics. Um, but there's, there's explain degrees. what they are. Cause a lot of people just kind of like throw that tag on checks, just be like, Oh, it, it didn't work out. She was BPD, but they don't really know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can, you can look up the nine characteristics online, but, but here's the basics of them. Um, abandonment issues, emotional, um, erratic, emotional behavior or mood swings, um, a feeling of dissatisfaction and very low feeling of like self-worth. So victim, they're always like the victim, you know? And so there's, and there's, um, there is a, a nine of them and I don't have them memorized. They're just not going to all come to me. But the important thing to understand about BPD though, is it's a spectrum. So some girls are BPD, but they don't have what's called narcissistic or psychopathic traits. And then the real extreme cases we've seen from guys in the community where chicks are like calling the cops on the dudes, making free fake reports physically abusive those things that's the extreme side so Mm. a girl can be bpd have these be emotionally erratic have a she has a compromised ability to bear bond as well because of her own personality disorder gets in the way of it Mm. you know but she will she's the the nature of them they're very self-destructive so once they get into a relationship they're it's like hypergamy on overdrive they look to destroy it because their 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 feeling of value is so low that they don't think they deserve a good healthy relationship. So they will start their in their anxiety will go up, and they'll start to create and fabricate problems, create indignation, 
but not like a normal, most women create indignation, but this is on overdrive. It's, it's all about degree. And so she's not, she just needs help. Honestly, if you be, if a woman is BPD, but not narcissistic or psychopathic, she can actually probably be helped through mental um, dialectic behavioral therapy is, is, mm-hmm. is one of them that's been very successful. But if she is on the narcissistic, psychopathic side, so narcissistic means that she just can't see outside of herself at all. It's beyond solipsism, though. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah. everything's that she doesn't have the ability to care about another person. Um, not all BPD women are like that. Some BPD women will genuinely care about somebody, but they can't, they cannot have that relationship in a healthy way because of their anxiety and abandonment issues and their mood swings. Um, the, uh, psychopathic is when they're willing to overtly harm you just to win. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, this is the person. These ones are dangerous. These are the bunny boilers, the, the ones that throw logs through your windows when they're not allowed in your house, stuff like that. Yep. And that's yep. just to win, you know? And so anyway, that was my person. And she kept it under wraps for a good year. Mm-hmm. Um, she was very much in my frame and she was uh, honestly it was a great relationship for a year because she kept it under wraps. And it was when we didn't live together. So that mm-hmm. was the thing. So we didn't live together so she could be on her best behavior with the, the few times a week I was seeing her. And then as that accelerated and then when we cohabitated, it all went into the toilet. Now, I always kept – so is an interesting thing to mention. Sex doesn't drop off for me anymore in relationships. It usually accelerates, all right? that's not normal. <laughs> so well, you've got a unique way of living right now, which I want you to get to, but can you talk about the healing? Cause I know that you went through a lot of healing yes, hypnosis yes, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that's a, another, there was a post yeah. in the community this morning from a mutual brother. I'm not going to mention his name, but you probably yes. saw it, right? He was talking about his red pill healing too. Yeah. I was, co- I was coaching him through that scenario actually. Mm. So he was one, he was a client during that, that, that scenario. Actually, we had been talking about uh, this girl since the last year mm-hmm. when they got together. And so this is interesting. I'm glad you mentioned it because I feel like this is a missing part of red pill stuff, right? Is to do the mental fitness work and, and the mind work because you have, so the mind works like this, like your mind is designed to help you survive and strives for homeostasis. So my model of the unconscious mind isn't like woo-woo union psychology. It's just behavioral, which is you did something that worked and allowed you to survive before. So now that's your default of what you're going to do, if that makes any sense. And so when we go through trauma or we go through bad experiences, that stuff actually stores in a different part of our brain. And then when things resemble, you know, that trauma will react to it in a way that worked before, but it's not always healthy or alpha or good. So for example, a guy has been cheating on before, you know, and so he might mate protect as a response when she does something that resembles playing not to lose triggers. in that relationship too. Yeah. It's playing not to lose. Right. And so guys have to do mindset and mental work to calm their brain waves, get into more of a proactive state, so they're not reacting emotionally to things. A man processes things through his brain. It goes hindbrain, that unconscious piece, and then reason, then emotion, right? And women, it's emotion, then reason. But 
if a guy's been through a trauma or a bad experience, a lot of times the emotion, they'll, they'll respond like a girl, literally. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll respond emotionally first and then logically. Well, it's the default response mechanism for most men because we live in a mm-hmm. female primary social order and, you know, right. boys are so raised like protective girls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And so instead of having emotional control, doesn't mean you don't have emotions. Doesn't mean you don't address your emotions. Still get in touch with your feelings, guys. But <laughs> you know, it's 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 not you have emotional control, and that's a value. You know what you bring to the table. Your your brain's wired that way. So so work on doing that more effectively and compartmentalizing that stress, and learning how to relieve that stress and and the, that emotional baggage in a healthy manner. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I I had designs for this woman. I didn't have necessarily one itis because, um, but to me, by definition, one itis would be, I expect her to be forever. And I think that she's special. And I don't think that any woman is special. I think that the connection you develop is, and if they violate your standards and they end up having to go, then they go. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. so I knew I broke up with her. I knew she had violated some standards. I was not okay with it. I had a set of conditions for her to do if she wanted to continue the relationship or, or be with me. She would not do those set of conditions. One of them was for her to get therapy. She wouldn't do it. Um, and so she never she never got me back. She okay. pined for me for the next year, um, and she never got me back. And, and I never went back to her. But there was a lot of pain, though, from that, and a lot of tendency to want to go back or to want to just, you know, do things to try to mask this pain and this attachment. Because this attachment is neurochemical. It's actually an addiction. You, you develop oxytocin and dopamine uh, responses to the person you're with. And now they're not there. They got ripped from you. And so now you, th- those, those chemicals are not supplied anymore. So there's a chemical component. There's this emotional component. And you have to handle that by doing mental fitness work. That was EMDR therapy, which is reprocessing traumatic stuff. Um, so I used to have a... a, a um, uh, propensity for toxic women, remember? Mm-hmm. So what that comes from is when I had to, when I was made to feel low value from toxic women, it attacked who it attacked who I was as a person. And so it's a tendency to want to bring that another toxic women woman in your life that has similar traits and then overcome that toxicity. So now your 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 value and identity is recovered that makes mm-hmm. any sense from that trauma. And so that's what like abandonment is. You're abandoned from a caretaker. So you find somebody who has the same traits as that caretaker. So you can win them over. And now it says you're worth something, you see. And so you, you have to reprocess that tendency and that traumatic thinking where you store it in a different part of your brain so that when you access the memory, it doesn't have that emotional connotation anymore. You know, and so I can access memories of getting beat up and waking up unconscious on a floor in a garage when I was when I was a kid. Okay, Mm -hmm. I can talk about that without any. You know what I mean? It doesn't doesn't weigh me down emotionally. What does EMDR stand for again? Yeah, so eye movement reprocessing and desensitization. And that's the deal with PTSD. Yes, and I had PTSD effects too which is partially why I was so hedonistic. Was that from your deployments or was it from women or was it a combination of all that? Deployments mostly? Uh, One could say a combination from childhood too, but deployments really triggered it where, see, violence was a solution to problems for me. 
That was that was a thing, and so you. But come I mean, home. you're not a violent guy. Like I've no. like I've known you for a while. I've I've spent hours with you in person. Um, right. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, but but you know, for but you, it was also years ago too. During that time when I was like practically homeless and lived with a friend, banging mm-hmm. all these girls, going out or whatever, I wasn't an aggressive or violent person. But if somebody were to be aggressive or violent, violent, I would turn it on to solve that problem. And I ended up getting in a, in a pretty serious bar altercation, actually, after one of my tours and um, was facing felony charges. Um, I don't have any charges. Everything was thrown out because they were the aggressors and they were the people that were not not in the right. But I put myself in that scenario and it could have gone badly for me. And I don't recommend that. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was after that I realized, holy crap, man, I'm not normal. I have to handle some of these, this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until that breakup, though, which is almost like a year and a half now, going on two years, where I did the EMDR. And, you know, I'm very skeptical about things. I thought it was going to be BS or whatever. How did but you come across it? it? Like, was, did somebody recommend so it? The community, actually. Okay. The 1% community. So right. why the community is good, because people bring the resources yep. to the table. Uh, Bobby from the community. And okay, I'm Bobby sure he doesn't mind me name, yeah, yeah. name dropping on. I'll keep his last name out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was like, dude, you got to do this. I'm like, bro. That sounds, I don't know. Because <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> Bob's so- <laughs> solid guy. You haven't, you have not heard Bob's story, like full story yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've hung out with him. I actually know. Um, Cause he lives, he, when he's not in Thailand, he lives in Michigan. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. so, so yeah. Um, and I had gotten, I had gotten certified in hip, in hypnotherapy at that point. And I only got certified in because it, it was interesting and I wanted to be able to game women better. Like I had no, no, no uh, altruistic motives when I did some of these things. Yeah, I know. And, I mean, um, pretty much everything guys do is to get the girls. Right, right. When I was in that PUA mindset, that's exactly what it was. Wrong mindset, you know, anyone yeah. who's listening on to this and, and pay attention, don't do that. But um, um, so it led to a lot of pain and suffering for me too. But um, but yeah, I had the hypnotherapy. I knew what was BS and what wasn't because there's a lot of things that get billed as hypnotherapy. There's total BS. NLP as well. A lot yeah. of total BS, woo, magic thinking. But then there's the good stuff that actually is behavioral modification and mental fitness and mindset modification. So mm. you can affect the behaviors. And this is what I do with guys in a coaching sense after things like breakups and stuff like that so that they can get rid of the mental baggage and the emotional baggage faster so that they can make better decisions for themselves. And mm-hmm. I will say after that breakup, even though it was it, that was the most painful breakup I ever went through because I, I did have those high emotions, high feelings for her. And there were a lot of good aspects to her, but she was weighed down by mental illness. I hate to say it like that, but that is what it is. And it's a sad yeah. scenario because she's not going to be happy. She will struggle for the rest of her life. And when you, when you care about somebody and you realize that they're going to struggle for the rest of their life because they don't even have the self-awareness enough to get the help they need. That's a big problem. You know, I always say like, you know, how do alcoholics deal with a drinking problem is first recognize they have a drinking problem. But most of these women that have these like strong personality disorders, as you're describing them, um, they don't want to work on them. And it's like, okay, well, um, I'm done here then. You know, I think we're, I think we need to move on. It's just a decision that you have to make as a guy. Um, Is that like, do you, do you uh, consciously go through a, like right now with women, um, mm-hmm. do you do you, do you consciously remove problem women women from your life based on the experiences that you've had, or do you still invite them into your life accidentally from time to time? 
No, now, now there's no um, attraction to problem women. Now I say it limits because I have my LTR, and then I have my, I have, I will, we'll have plates that we'll bring in, right? Yeah. And so, um, the plates I'm not so worried about because I'm not vetting them for long-term um, scenarios. They're usually younger um, than my LTR, who's 29. So they're usually they're going to be, you know younger than about 25 or younger right mm -hmm. and they're they're not at a point they're not at a point in their lives where they're looking for a relationship um their hypergamy is telling them to keep their options open because they haven't hit that epiphany stage yet and so you know i'm not so worried if she is a party girl or this or that but if she's toxic or outright toxic or would cause a problem in my life yeah i got that out very quickly now because I'm now averse to toxic women. So it's the opposite through hypnotherapy, EMDR, and, and that mental training. I don't see, cause here's what happens. Guys find themselves attracted to the same type of toxic women, toxic behaviors, mm -hmm. because that's worked for them, even though it was miserable. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's again, but that going back to that behavior and that thing that's worked, they're then trying to overcome something. They actually, they're used to overcoming things. Interesting, I talked to a friend about addictions because when you understand addictions, it helps you understand how guys get attached to their oneitis and stuff, right? Gambling addiction is an interesting one because there's no substance involved. And what's interesting about gambling addictions is they're not addicted to the win. The win is almost anticlimactic. They're addicted to trying to overcome the loss. They're addicted to this emotional turmoil they're in when they keep trying to fight this loss. Yeah, that's why people guys, keep going to the lottery booths and get the scratch and win tickets. You see them all the time, right? They're playing not to lose, right? Like they're addicted yes. to playing not to lose is what it is. That is what it is. They're addicted to, I had a, a counselor once uh, tell me when it came to toxic women, he was very good actually. Not, not all psychologists or counselors are equal as we know. They're yes. not all Sean Smith, right? Yeah. So, um, so he, he said, you know, he goes, you're, he goes, you're incredibly capable. Um, your, your, your IQ is high. You're so capable of everything. But he's like, you, you constantly are digging yourself out of a grave. Mm -hmm. And then once you get out, you go, wow, you used all this capabilities to get out of this situation. And now you're uncomfortable because you're not Let's used go get to another one. that situation. So yeah. you jump in another grave and then you dig yep. yourself out again. And, and that's exactly what a lot of men do. That's, that's the pattern I was in. And it was the EMDR stuff that got rid of the traumatic thinking and that, mm. that hold of that traumatic stuff was now gone. And once that was gone, I could reframe uh, my mind through uh, self-hypnosis, hypnotherapy, and, um, and you know, self-hypnosis, hypnotherapy is like meditation, but it's guided. That's the best in visualization. It's the best way to describe it. And you put, and put myself in a different frame of mind. And, and I just don't, especially with, wouldn't have worked with hypnosis alone, but the MDR got rid of that connotation, that that desire for these toxic women, and and so when a when a girl like has those BPD traits and stuff, I'm like, I kind of laugh at it, and there's no, but I'm like, get away from me, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't even want you as a plate. I don't want you in my life. I don't want you in my house. I don't want you having a cocktail with my LTR. I don't care what she looks like, you know what I mean? And so amazing how that happens when you're a man spoiled with sports for choice though, right? Exactly. That's exactly 100% um, right. We've got about 19 minutes left before we got to wrap up. So let's talk about 
how you live today, unless there's anything you want to cover between where we've kind of left off and where you're at today. Because as I did open the broadcast, you are known as the real life Chad Thunder Cockadoodle Do yeah. in the community. We've got uh, our brother Myron there in the chat. Thanks for the super chat, brother. Uh, Thanks, I did bro. a broadcast with this guy last Thursday, so it's the last great broadcast. Way. By the way, I enjoyed yeah. that one. That was when. When yeah. you, me, and Myron are chopping it up on a private Zoom broadcast <laughs> with a community, some shit go like we have some deep conversations. You guys missed out on the good stuff just watching the public. But anyway, um, so they gotta get they gotta be members to jump in on this man. So um, <laughs> I'm gonna sit down and make some adjustments here and grab your um, YouTube channel and kind of plug it in just a moment. But tell right. tell everybody why you're known as Chad Thunder Cockadoodle Do today. And I'm just going to yeah. go full screen for you and you can tell them what you're up to and why you've been recognized that way. Well, yeah. So, so um, a number of different reasons I'll, I'll go, I'll jump into the playing going, shifting, playing not to briefly shifting, playing not to win or playing not to lose to playing to win. Um, I did made that decision with the military and tried to be the best I could in there um, and take those risks. But then, in the military, I had some scenarios where they were life and death, and you might not come out of it alive. And I had friends that didn't come out of deployments alive. And after those experiences, I realized that life is way too short to play it safe. It's not worth it to play it safe. And so I started thinking a lot bigger. How can I win in business? How can I win in my lifestyle? How can I win with, with women? You know, And how can I have what I want? with no, no paradigm or box uh, of what everyone else thinks. Everyone else's crappy standards are not my standards. You know what I mean? And so right now I'm in a long-term relationship and uh, I will use the dreaded L word for this person, this relationship. I definitely love this, this person. She's awesome. I don't have one itis for her. If it ends, it ends. But um, she's, she's an awesome person. And women are designed, actually, evolutionarily speaking, for a polygyny-style relationship, and that's what we have. So I don't have multiple wives because I don't, I don't personally want that headache. Um, the biggest constraint in that style of a relationship is, um, is that women don't want to be seen as sluts. It, there has to be a social acceptance aspect to this. Um, so women don't want to not be socially accepted. And so everything has to be done discreet. I'm actually violating that a little bit talking here about it. So which, which I don't mind some to talk about it in the way that I'm talking about it, but, um, part of me has, you know, NFG, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of mm -hmm. don't care that much and it'll be fine. But I know that her family, a lot of people are that, that in the circles that would judge her for it are not in the circles that are going to watch this. So it doesn't bother me. Um, but as far as my channel, a lot of things are concerned. These are going to have to be behind a paywall, whether it's your community and we talk about it or whether it's some of the things I'll have going in the future. Because um, for this style of a relationship where you bring other women into the fold um, and you're in a long-term relationship that's healthy, happy, and then you bring other women into it, that this is not socially acceptable. And for it to work, women have to all feel that they're going to be socially accepted regardless. So there's a huge amount of discretion. Uh, most of the women involved that would be candidates for coming in are young, hot, don't want a relationship um, because they're just not this. So while they seek and figure themselves out, instead of raising their notch count, 
with a bunch of random dudes and swipes on Tinder, they're coming to see the alpha. And the other part of it, which is me, right? Now, the other part of that is, um, so in the Sultan model, you know, you women are treated like property because a man's existential threat is to be cucked, meaning he takes care of another man's offspring and his offspring doesn't thrive into the next generation. So women were, were not allowed to sleep with other men. And when, when, when agricultural revolution happened, um, monogamy and polygamy became the thing. Okay, um, not straight tribal nomadic polyamory. All right, and that's a whole another discussion. But so they're evolved. Have you read to... Alpha God, by the way? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Great book. And so and so they're evolved. It is a great book. So they're evolved to not monogamy is is an okay structure. I accept monogamy as a structure, but the pro there are problems that monogamy presents that polygamy solves. Okay. I'm not saying it's either one's perfect because not everyone can do what I'm doing. Um, everyone could if they wanted to, but it's not for everybody. We'll put it like that, okay? Um, but most women, the reason why most women have bisexual tendencies and statistically will experiment with other women where guys don't, guys are usually gay, not gay. Um, bisexual men is a very, very, very small new percentage, you know? But women, all heterosexual women, almost all of them have had fantasies or have experimented and the reason is is because of our polygonous past so when that guy that sultan was out you know uh hunting or on a trip to go visit the next sultan or whatever the women were left alone they couldn't get their sexual needs met um outside of with other men without risking death but they could within themselves and then of course when he's back they could serve that man and it was a turn-on for them and sexually aroused for the ones who were sexually aroused by that lifestyle they survived they procreated, right? And so now here we are with women who all have those tendencies. And so when I present this to a woman, guess how much time, guess how often I get resistance to it? I'm going to say your zero. close rate's going to be at least two thirds. But I mean, if you're saying it's almost zero, it's like ridiculously high, right? It's ridiculously uh, high. You've also now, got the support of your LTR in it as well. So it also eases the burden of entry to Enter chat yeah. under cockadoodle's frame at you know forty two tatted up right. cigar lounge you know military killed off a lot of bad guys sort of dude now sure. um a no, lot this of the, only works well okay. one of the things I just want to touch on is a lot of guys will manufacture reasons why they can't do well with women right like one right. of the arguments a lot of guys will be like well I'm just not tall enough how tall are you Paul <laughs> I am five foot two. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mess everybody. I'm 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 not five ten. I'm yeah. I'm like five nine and some change. Yeah. You know I'm short because I have to say five nine and some change. Tall yeah. guys don't ever have to say that, right? Now so, here's the funny part though. And, and there's no Lambos yeah, yeah. and there's no, no you know mansions and pool mm -hmm. parties and you know no, none of those no. things. I got a lake house now, it's pretty nice, but no, I'm not this it's not that at all. All I'm providing for them is the alpha experience. Yeah. To be with an alpha dominant man. Women with more money than me used to try, used to want to be with me just for the experience. Because having, and this is your internal game, your internal frame. When I teach game, when I teach game to guys, I focus on their inner game, as I call it. Because when your inner game is solid, you can say anything you want. And if you catch some of my recent videos, I'll have girls that come in here. I told them not to come in here today. But I have girls that come in here. I've heard the door yeah, open and close a couple of times. What the hell's going on? These women are not listening to you, brother. 
that was it. That was one of the other. That was one of the other members. I, he didn't realize so um, that I was doing this. Um, but but uh, I'm some in the scar lounge. But um, but yeah. I, I but usually the women are kind of like to interrupt me and kind of you know what, which I let them do it and I interact with them with with that natural game. But it's not anything you can see. I'm it's not. I'm not saying anything special. I literally say what I want though. Anything I want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they and they're they're totally they're they're fine with that it's because of how i present and how i lead and its tonality and a lot of things that you could fake it but if you have a strong internal frame and you do that mental work we talked about then you don't have to fake it you're already proactive and deliberate when you talk to somebody you already have that alpha frame you know let me just so let me um, just drop your uh youtube channel you can see it up on the screen so I posted it in the live chat. I've also put it in the comments below. So if you're watching the replay, the live chat may not um, link any links that I put in there. Uh, it doesn't always work for some reason. So here's his channel, uh, Apex Mindset Lifestyle and Relationship Coaching. Uh, you're putting out almost daily videos now. Um, yeah. Your format's anywhere from like, you know, five, five to 10 minutes up to about 23 when you get into the longer stuff. But um, mm. Really good channel. I highly recommend you guys uh, follow Paul's stuff. He's he's got some insight to he'll he'll really geek out on the sexual marketplace in a way that I won't. Like I like to distill stuff down into smaller, tighter sound bites, and I also like to deal with people's requests when they have they're like these are all my problems. How do I fix it? Sort of thing. Um, and I also prefer to allocate a lot of my time to community broadcasts and kind of talk more in depth where we don't have to water stuff down and use code words like garden tools and cockadoodle doo yeah. and all that. Yeah. Um, well, I love the study of this stuff too. And I yeah. actually was in grad school at one point for psych. I left it for combat deployments. I chose not to go back because I don't know anything about sexual marketplace, but this is where I really could, I would love to geek out. Hopefully at some point we'll have an opportunity. I'd love to geek out with Rolo uh, Tomasio at one point because um, how I dive into these topics in a similar fashion, I read the studies. I, I'm, I'm, I'm an avid reader, not just a pickup guy. And, and that's um, allowed me to help understand the nature of uh, some of these things. But uh, the other reason too, wasn't just because of my, my lifestyle, which my lifestyle is awesome. I have the, the healthiest relationship I've ever had. And that most guys would kill for with my LTR and every day is an adventure. The women hear about it and they're like, Oh my God, I want that. It's a fantasy for them. And what then do you of attribute course, all that to, by the way? Like, what's that from? Like, I know you've done a lot of work on yourself, but is it just sure. approaching life with a red pill lens? Was it the eye movement DR, like EMDR thing? Like, what was it all? Getting was rid all of, of our, uh, it's all of the, the whole package. Understanding women and their nature and forgiving them for it is a big mm-hmm. thing. Not that's a big thing because guys get real negative. Oh, she's just a blah blah because she's. Yeah, that usually kind of slides care. into like the MGTOW and then slowly into the black pill. Like, what yeah. would you say to the guys on the fence? Because there's a lot of guys that watch my content that are kind of on the fence. They're like, I really don't like what I see in women, but at the same time, I want to be with them. And then they kind of yeah. lean, and there's more that kind of lean further into like the black pill nonsense too as well. Yeah. Like, what would you say to those so, guys? So you don't like what you see in women. Be- that is about you, not them. I know that no matter what a woman's like, it isn't going to affect me. I'll have her replaced or I'll be by myself or whatever. I'm not going to lose with women because my frame is a such where I'm so outcome independent now. I don't care what a woman thinks about me. You also you don't know? expose yourself to unnecessary risk like 
Marriage. I don't. Well, right. I'm not attracted to unnecessary risk now. And I don't invite drama in my life anymore because I'm not mm-hmm. attracted to that. And so I naturally wouldn't accept somebody with the red flags that you have to list for these guys who haven't gotten to that mental framework yet. And so I don't invite drama and toxicity in my life. It's this is it's out. So why would a woman is not a risk to me? Mm. A woman is a risk to these guys because they still have hangups. They have emotional hangups. They're they're not. They don't understand themselves how to how to how to handle women with outcome independence. And so, when outcome independence, it, my definition of that doesn't mean that you don't care about an outcome. It means that you know that the outcome is going to be good regardless of someone else's behavior or things you can't control. So I have this wonderful LTR, right? But what if she freaks out and whatever, I find out some what something blows up and six mm-hmm. months we're over with. Okay, I'm gonna be fine. All right, will there be some pain? Sure, I'll be over the pain very quickly because I know how to do that. And I've shielded myself from all the risk. It's a simple walk out the door. I'm not in some crazy marriage with combined accounts and bunch of kids that with no with no plan on how to break it off and i'm i'm living i'm living a better life whether she's with me or not mm-hmm. and that's that's why i can enjoy women because they're not a risk to me if women were a risk to me i would be worried about it and i would have i would have all that connotations about all the women that hurt me in the past you know in female nature and how it blew up in my face when i was beta and blue pilled i'd be angry about that stuff still because they would still be a risk. Mm. <laughs> it's zero risk for me. Couple, uh, so, sorry, I got a couple super yeah, chats. Sorry yeah. to interrupt you. I just want to hit these, and then I have one one final question for you before we wrap up. Uh, another one from Meyer, and he says, Paul's a real deal. I watch his channel. He puts out real talk content when it comes to female nature. Uh, he's been in most men's shoes and knows what it's like to cross the abyss from blue pill to red pill. And uh, But I'll be great. Also says, real games. Just up. So links are there. Um, the um okay so you're 42 right now right mm-hmm. so i've often said to guys like women will overlook the hot stud in his 20s with a plan he may not have financial resources he may not have great wealth at this time but as you get older women have less and less tolerance for it you know into your 40s especially your 50s more specifically but definitely by the time you get to your 40s um you've got some good game you understand women now you're working on your purpose and putting a little dent in the universe right now. Um, right. Outside of the, the military. Most, yeah. Like what's mm-hmm. the most important part of your life right now at your age, at this stage of your life, setting aside the, the um, woman component of it, but what's the most important yeah. part for you to lean out in the future, like five, 10 years and, you know, call yourself successful. Yeah. So the most important part is, is, is what you see in the words below my, uh, my screen there, Apex Mindset. So I created that to work on mental fitness and relationship stuff for men. And I want to see more men living the life that they envision for themselves, not making compromises and not getting strung up, hurt, not killing themselves. What actually brought me to this, I didn't get much into that, was brought me into coaching was an accident. I was, I was mentoring soldiers who were all in these terrible relationships while I was still learning stuff. That's what got me even into the ego, ego psych even more because I'm like, I have to figure this out so I can figure out these guys and their problems, you know, mm-hmm. um, as an end. You actually as came a non- back a slightly changed guy from your last deployment to Afghanistan. Like I remember 
-hmm. I don't know, was it fall, like last fall, winter? Yep. Yeah, like you, yeah. like you came back a more seasoned gentleman than what you were before you left. And it seems, and you actually hopped on some live broadcasts from time to time whenever you didn't get a mortar attack or some bullshit kind of in the middle of what you were doing. But <laughs> right. Um, right. yeah, like I can see what you've done there and where you are today. And Paul, Paul does coach one-on-one, so you can find his links on his YouTube channel, subscribe to it. Uh, you can book coaching with him. Uh, he's got a great channel to follow as well. And if you want to get involved in my men's community, um, I know you kind of plugged a little bit at the bottom there. Where's the link here? And it's right there. So if you go to entrepreneursandcars.com community, it's also pinned in the top comment. Um, there's two tiers that you're in actually. So I've got the basic tier, which is basically the 1%, which is really just, there's a lot of field reports. We talk about games, self-care. I mean, we've done learning events on things like, uh, TRT. Um, you actually held one recently that was on home security, which was great. The recordings there on the tab. Um, and you're also on the business tier as well. And I've done a lot of work with you on your channel and, you know, just broadcasting and stuff like that too. So if any of that's of interest to you guys, it's right there too. Awesome. Thanks. I'm going to mention one thing as we are sort of wrapping up too. one thing that happened in the community, which is really interesting. So the other reason why they, they think they have this idea of me being this Chad Thundercock is not just because of slaying women and bringing them into my life, but in your community, I would help guys out and respond to their problems, you know, which is what we do in the community. Right. Yeah. And so I was getting guys good results, just doing that stuff. Right. And then um, one guy in the community who really had um, man, a really hard time, and you, know, you might know who I'm talking about. I talked to him too, yeah. A, a totally different guy now. He was glued to my work, and he was just like, say, my work. A book for you. Yeah. I, he organized it, and I have a book. It's probably going to be out August, September, and it'll be a book that is all these vignettes and answers to questions. And so all these answers to questions and problems that if guys can latch on to this way of thinking, and it's it even, I would say it's more than just even the red, it's more than just being red to pill, though the red pill means truth essentially. So, yeah. I mean, that's what it would be, but it's, it's, it's taking it lifestyle it's taking it to another level it's not just about girls that's that's what everybody yeah. gets stuck on it's like oh you guys worship women or you pedestalize you know women it's like no dudes you don't understand it then like you're just looking right. at it from the like the tip of the iceberg everything beneath the waterline is what we're all about which leads to the great results you think that we worship we don't worship anything we worship ourselves is what we worship yeah well when the more men can take their self and who they are back, so to speak, from the the matrix and from blue pill society, the better we're off gonna we're gonna be. And we sure as hell need, you know, more men who act like men and who lead not just in their relationships, but in their lives and in the impact they make in society. And so it's this really important work. What you're doing is very important and what I want to do and continue and what I am doing with coaching, but what I want to continue to be able to do is important. More guys that understand this stuff, because it's not just about men either. Like here's the other part of it. The women in my life are very happy, very happy. And whether they're a, a plate in just whatever, or whether they're my LTR, whether they're platonic or whether it's my one of my ex you know my my ex that i interact with i mean at least i mean they they as happy as like but they're happy with the interaction it's mm. i'm improving and bettering their lives do you ever get messages or comments or dms from women that, that call you misogynist yet or that you're bitter 
That I, hasn't happened I, yet. Not much. Mm. I've gotten I've gotten occasional occasional, yeah. but I, it's that's another thing that's interesting is I think it's just how I present the information to women. Maybe a little bit. I, I get a fair amount of women that coach with me, which is you know pretty rare. Under, do you know what your demographic is on your channel? Like, if you looked at it, to see who. So who yeah, my channel is like. Is it mostly over men? Over ninety percent men. Yeah, but mine's like ninety-five percent men. I think the five percent is like women that want to be a fly in the wall to see what guys are talking about and stuff. Right. The women that are paying to coach with me or even send guys to me as clients, mm -hmm. though, is like 20%, a little over that. Yeah. And that's valuable work, too. Yeah. I'm obviously not going to name drop her, but I'm doing a coaching with one uh, woman who is a 19-year-old who was in a relationship with a guy in Egypt, and she was in London, and what a mess that could be, like, move into a Muslim country and all this kind of stuff that she had was on the docket for her to do and and, mm. and I'm coaching her out of that. I mm. might just be saving she might just not be she might be a, a save her life with that one. You know what I'm saying? But how I approach them are different though. You cannot approach a woman like you approach a man. Mm. They they have to have an emotional buy-in before they can listen to the reason part. They'll get the reason part, but they have to emotionally buy in first. Whereas we just talk about it logically and then we and we bust each other's balls and then we learn from it, right? Yeah, the reason it's why different, I, very I brought different. that up is like, you know, you do get the uh, charges of misogyny or bitterness, but the reality is of it is the guys like us that have fully, like are fully red-pilled that have a, that have great experiences and relationship or relationships with women, uh, the women are actually very happy and they admire yes. you. Uh, they, they do not despise you. They look up to you. They're in your frame. They compliment your life. They practically worship you, but they're, but they're so happy to serve you in that sense. So when you, when you get to that point, it's actually a really, really good thing. It's just a matter of, you know, are you going to do all the work that gets you to that point? And are you going to reap benefits, not just of better experiences with women, which is one part of it, but better experiences in life in general with the men that you surround right. yourself with, with the kind of businesses that you run, the rooms that you put yourself in. I could go on and on, but that's, but that's a big, big, big part of it. Um, we're well past the 90 minute mark. I'm going to wind this down. I have to shout out real cool. quick to, uh, my channel sponsor. So let me just go full screen here. Uh, tactical soap, Grondike soap company. If you go to either coopersoap.com or there's a pinned link in the top description, uh, the Cooper soap already has the coupon code applied. If you go to the top description, just go and I got to stab my finger over this way because it's reversed. Uh, entering Cooper, you'll get 10% off all the stuff up here over my shoulder. They've got a brand new line of, um, soaps in the maverick bond and durden lineup they've got like part two sort of thing they're all great they all smell amazing they're all natural they don't have endocrine disruptors in them uh and they have pheromones which will of course enhance uh you know your experience with women but uh yeah if you've enjoyed it you guys are showering anyway you know grab some tactical soap it helps out the channel um paul let me go back to both screens here thanks for joining me today um you guys thanks, know where man. to find it appreciate them. that yeah yeah man it's yep. good chat um We'll we'll definitely be doing more stuff in the future. Uh, I always look forward to our private chats on the Zoom with the other boys. Well, the boys, sorry. Um, it's just awesome, awesome time being able to um, you know be around guys like you that are really doubling down on their own lives and, and just get just growing. Just growing is what it is, right? Just becoming better year after year. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Yeah. Uh, see you in the next broadcast. Leave a comment below and uh, give the like button a massive smash. Destroy it. Break it. All that good stuff. See you guys later. Peace out.